Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Coming to you once again from Arlington, Texas, today with episode 615. And 615 is going to be a really kind of different show than we've ever done before, and a huge show for me. Um, many of you guys know I worked for about a year to get an agreement from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, who many of you know and many of you may be going, who is this Gary guy, uh, to come on the show and talk about building businesses. Um, I've said many times to you guys over the, the two and a half years I've done the Survival Podcast, for the people that want it, owning a business is a great step toward liberty and independence. It's not for everybody, but for those that want it, it is. I've also said that building your personal brand and being marketable online today is for everybody, business person or not, because the future is going to be built around finding jobs based on who you know, which it's kind of always been, but the world's shrinking with the Internet. And no matter what systems may fail, as long as there's anything like the Internet around, um, that cat's out of the bag. And Gary's on today to talk to us about both of those things. I do have him waiting uh, on online to, to bring him on just a second after the introduction segment's over. But I want to give you a warning today, an explicit language warning. Gary uses language that, you know, I occasionally say shit or something like that on the show. There is language today on this show that's a little bit excessive, even for TSP, even for the Survival Podcast, specifically the F word. You have been warned. Don't complain about it. I brought this guy on. He's one of my heroes in business. I wasn't about to ask him to change his personality uh, for me. I'm just putting an explicit uh, label on this particular episode on iTunes. Again, if you don't want to hear the F word, this show's not for you. If you can live with that, some of the greatest business advice you'll ever hear in the coming age is going to be uh, presented to you in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today is Shelf Reliance. Again, ShelfReliance.com. A shelf like things you put stuff on, uh, not self like you the individual. Because they specialize in the most uh, innovative food rotation storage systems I've ever seen. Big systems like the Harvest 72, small systems like the cupboard in the pantry that allow you to eat what you store, store what you eat, specifically in relationship to canned foods, bring new foods home, stick them in one part of the rack, draw from another part of the rack. You always have the food that's been there the longest at the front, and you always have the food that you've just picked up in the back. You always keep your quantities where you want them. Absolutely awesome, and they also have some great items uh, for your prepping in general, along with a tremendous selection of long-term storage food with a brand called Thrive. And remember, if you are MSB, you get 10% off all purchases of their rack systems and 5% off all purchases of their Thrive food brand uh, products as well. Next up today, silverandgoldshop.com, run by the wonderful Mary Beth Maidmont. Now, why do I call her wonderful? Because she comes over to my house and tells me what a great guy I am? No, because you guys, the audience that email me about her, constantly use that adjective. Mary Beth is wonderful. This is what she did for me. And I, I'm absolutely blown away with that. I've been in marketing and sales for, God, I guess 20 years in total. And I've never had a relationship with anybody I would consider a client or a sponsor where their customers constantly referred to them as wonderful. That's, that's a unique thing to me. And uh, along with having that wonderful service and that wonderful concern for her customers, Mary Beth is uh, absolutely outstanding at having some of the most innovative and coolest looking silver rounds you'll find along with some really cool gold products. And I believe silver and gold belong in your portfolio, and there's a big place for just you know basic bullion like silver eagles and stuff like that, which you can get from her as well. But there's also a place for some stuff that just has some collector value, some numismatic value, and some sentimental value, especially stuff that maybe you're putting in the hands of you know that niece or nephew or that son or daughter instead of more plastic crap for that uh, birthday present or Christmas present or something like that. Consider putting an ounce of silver into those little hands and telling them that the value of that silver will grow just like the value of their lives will grow over time. Um, next up, I want to remind you guys about YouTube again. I'm getting ready to start doing a lot of giveaways on YouTube. It's probably a few weeks out, but now would be the time to go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Once we get moved, uh, one of Dorothy's uh, many new responsibilities is going to be setting up gear reviews uh, with uh, lots of providers. 
we only need so much of any one given thing. I'll be giving away a lot of the stuff we review because how many emergency radios do I need? How many water bottles do I need? How many bags do I need? That type of thing. I'm going to keep some of the stuff, uh, but I would say our target in the future is about 70% of the gear we review to give back, and we'll try to be doing about three, ge three items of gear review a week. So a lot of stuff we'll be giving back. I think the first person to ever do that on YouTube And uh, I'm going to be giving away 70 copies of Gary's book, and it might be tied to that. So uh, last but not least, I want to remind you about the Member Support Brigade. You do that, you get exclusive content available only to members. You get great discounts on, on uh, from about 25 different vendors now, a bunch of free e-books. But, uh, you know, let's cut to the chase today because I have a great guest standing on the line. And with that, we've got the introduction segment wrapped up, and I'd like to at this time welcome Gary Vaynerchuk to the show. Gary, thanks for joining us today on TSP. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me, man. All right, Gary, um, most of my listeners are familiar with you, but for those who aren't, could you give just a little background, kind of the condensed story, the Gary Vaynerchuk story, how you ended up where you are today? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I ended up where I am today mainly on the back of my unbelievably brave and wonderful parents. I was born in Belarus in the former Soviet Union, and uh, we immigrated to the U.S. in 1978. I was three years old. Um, we were very poor when we came to the U.S., being immigrants. My parents didn't speak the language. Uh, my dad got a job as a stock boy in a liquor store in New Jersey, even though we lived in Queens, New York. I think he paid more in gas commuting than he was getting paid. Um, and he worked every day of his life for 14 hours, for 14 years before I even really knew him. Literally, I didn't know my dad until I was like 15, 16 years old because he just worked so hard so much to build a foundation um, for my family. Um, and my mom did an equally unbelievable job in raising me and instilling self-esteem. Um, I became very entrepreneurial when I was five and six years old, had a le like had six lemonade stands uh was a huge baseball card dealer when I was 13, making $1,000 a weekend selling baseball cards. Crazy entrepreneurial. My dad drags me into the liquor store when I'm 15, first generation, oldest son. Um, you know, I hate it because I'm making 20 bucks a day instead of $1,000 a weekend selling cards. Um, eventually get the wine bug, decide I want to help and take my family business to the highest of levels, launch winelibrary.com uh, when I was uh, – in 1997 when I was 22, which was super early, 1997, for a dot-com local liquor store. Grew the family business in 1998. I started full-time operations. Uh, grew it from a $3 million a year business to a $45 million a year business by 2005. Since then, up to a $60 million a year business, mainly on the back of Wine Library TV, a wine video blog I started in the beginning of 2006, and leveraging social, Facebook, Twitter, things of that nature. Uh, 2008, started really talking about business, um, started GaryVaynerchuk.com, where I blog, Facebook.com slash Gary, where I interact with fan bases, uh, and uh, wrote a book in 2009 called Crush It, about how I built my brand online and how I think people can do it, and uh, have a book coming out uh, called The Thank You Economy, March 8th, and uh And I'm very proud of it. It really tackles this culture shift and the ROI of social media. And I'm really excited about it. And, uh, you know, big into public speaking now because I'm good at it. Um, have a company called Vayner Media that I started last year with my brother AJ uh, in 2009, actually now. 2009, uh, summer, spring of 2009, started a company called Vayner Media. We do the social media strategy and community management for PepsiCo, uh, the New York Jets, uh, the uh, New Jersey Nets, Green Mountain Coffee. So, have learned the corporate world and uh, do a lot of TV and, you know, just all around, you know, a renaissance kind of entrepreneur, uh, hustle my face off, interact with my community on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gary V E E, uh, 24-7-365. Well, that, that, I asked for the condensed version and you got it all in there and quick, man. And, uh, you're good at that. You definitely are. Um, you got this new book coming out called The Thank You Economy. And what I wanted to ask you about that is you've kind of stepped up. You, you're, you, you've, you built a business as kind of an individual entrepreneur with your father, and then you went off and kind of built your own thing that tied into that. Then you built a, a media company, but now you're working with these mega brands. And it seems to me that this Thank You Economy book really is going to resonate with big companies, CMOs, CEOs, that type of thing. But I also think it's going to resonate with the small-time uh, individual entrepreneur because it, it ties in so many things. But can you just start out with telling people what you mean by the Thank You Economy? 
Uh, what I mean by the thank you economy is this. Um, I, I believe that we are living in a new economy that is going to be based of not only word of mouth, but social uh, equity, social uh, status, um, one-on-one marketing. Uh, I, I think people are completely underestimating the culture shift that we're living through with the Internet. This is the biggest culture shift that we're ever living. And this is really an onus to you know, a shout out to the Internet more so than Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and YouTube and the sites I talk about in the book. Um, I think that the way we buy things is now going to be completely based on the social context around that. And, and that's going to take time. TV and push marketing has a place. I believe in billboards and radio and print. I believe in them big time. Email, banner ads, everything. But I believe that there's a new kind of equity and platform, which is social uh, relationships that are going to drive a lot more commerce than people think. There are people that are putting out micro thoughts on a daily basis that are changing the context of how we purchase things. Somebody may leave a status update that they love pinkberry green tea yogurt, and that may make me buy it. That's not something my friends would have picked up the phone and called me about. I believe that customer service is going to explode in premium. I believe that companies that don't have soul and don't have DNA are going to lose. And I believe that we're living through the beginning of the great humanization of businesses and logos, that people are going to have relationships with the Nike swoosh and the Apple Apple and with the Ford logo, and that is going to change our society in a massive way. And, I mean, you think that's going to hit the – what I'm saying is I think it's going to be a huge advantage for the small entrepreneur as well because a guy like you can just start screaming and yelling about something he has passion for and loves like wine. And in a few years of doing it every day, nonstop, with everything you had, you've built up, you know, this this huge brand now that's working with with even larger brands. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I definitely think that the Nike swoosh – is, is, is an interesting thing, but I think small businesses have always thought that they can build on customer service and relations with customers, but now it's scalable. Caring is scalable in the thank you economy, and I think entrepreneurs and small businesses have always been good at caring. And the thank you economy, though written for a pretty mature business audience, speaks volumes to the entrepreneur. You know, I'm not polished or suit and tie or Harvard grad. I'm an entrepreneur from the streets. I wrote it. So it talks to that same person. At the same token, you know, much like, you know, Mark Wahlberg from the streets is now a powerhouse in Hollywood. You know, I kind of feel like I have that skill set. I feel like I'm going to be able to talk to any CEO in this country because I really, really, really know what I'm fucking talking about. And this is really happening. And I know how to execute because I'm not a blogger. I'm not a talking head, Jack, you know? I'm not like most of the people talking about social media. I built a $60 million a year business before then. You know, I had a multi-thousand dollar business when I was 12 years old. Uh, VaynerMedia is already a multi-million dollar business. It's two minutes old. I build businesses. Absolutely, and that is a big thing of what I wanted to have you want to talk about. And I, I know, like it was a year before I finally got to you, I started harassing you on Twitter, like I want you to come on my show, and you're probably thinking, who is this clown with this survivalist thing going on over here, and what does he want with me? I'm a wine guy, I'm a business guy, but I've been talking to people about building businesses as part of the stability of their lives. I mean, we talk about things like being prepared for disasters on my show. We talk about gardening and, 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 and emergency planning, but... We also talk about, hey, you got to plan for success and failure both. You know, it's great to have a redundancy plan if something fails, but but what if, you know, nothing goes wrong? I say that all the time. And the, the biggest disasters I see in America today are not a hurricane wiping out a state. It's a guy getting a pink slip and getting laid off of his job or a recession coming in and taking people completely by storm. And guys like you, guys like me, we've thrived during this time. I'm like, how do you feel about even for just a little guy with his blog that's building up, you know, a small income up to somebody trying to build a really big business as far as the stability and the liberty and freedom it brings to you as an individual? You know, I think, you know, listen, you have to have entrepreneurial DNA to go there, right? You know, I don't give a shit about recovery, not recovery. <laughs> I'm, I don't really care. I actually prefer it to be as hard as possible because then the cream rises to the top. Listen, Jack, I'm going to be very honest with you. Do I think every person who's going to listen to this is going to win? I think they're going to win if the game they're playing is doing what they like, right? Absolutely. That's what the Internet's created. Do I think financially they're going to win? Of course not because they may not have the skill set. 
Like, you know, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Some people aren't good enough. Just because you use Twitter and Facebook and you understand blogging, if your content's not good enough, you're not going to win. There's a million people trying to do social media agencies right now and be experts, but they suck. All they're doing is reading other people's blogs and regurgitating it. Uh, you know, I think that if you're interested in doing what you love, there's never been a greater time. And I think the way to win is through the thank you economy. I don't think that people care enough about their end user, whether that's a client or the customers that they're trying to sell their product to. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. I just don't think that they care enough. They're trying to convert them. They're trying to figure out how to sell to them. They really don't care about them. And and that's why I win. Because, Jack, you've been hounding me and so have 900 other people, but I kept telling you, it'll happen. Let's make some sort of, you know, I'm just, I deliver. I answer my email. I answer my tweets. If you deliver, you win. And I love that the proof is in the pudding. I love that if you execute, you win. And if you don't, you lose. And then there's a skill thing. Listen, I want to be in the NBA. I'm not good enough, Jack. I don't have the physical DNA to be there. I think it's important for people to figure out what they're good at and execute against that. I want to be a founder of Facebook or Twitter, but that's not my role. My role is that I understand when those things are going to be big, so I invest. It's all about that kind of thing. You know, I've got a, that gives me a great lead, lead into a question I want to ask you because it's one I get when I talk about passion a lot. And I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, and I've been screaming it before I even heard of you, that if you want to be in business, get in a business that you're passionate about and that you believe in and you care about the people on the other side of that business. But the question I get from people when I give that advice is, what if I'm a 30-something? And I don't know if you'll be able to answer this because I can't. I'm a 30-something. I've woken up to I'm miserable with my day-to-day job. I'm willing to do all the work. I'm willing to work till 2 a.m. I'm willing to do everything that guys like you and Gary say, but I don't know what my passion is. How do I find that? And do you have advice from the person that's saying, hey, I'll do the work, but how do I reconnect with that thing I've lost by sitting in a cubicle for 20 years? Um You know, it's super hard. I'm not Yoda or Nostradamus to tell you what your passion is. What I will tell you, my best answer to this, and it's works for a lot of people and I've gotten the feedback, don't be afraid what your passion is. Too many people think the thing they love can't be a real big business. And I think that that's where people get screwed up, Jack. I think if you love marbles and grew up with marbles and you're obsessed with marbles and you go on eBay and buy marbles, that I virtually believe that every micro niche is worth a million dollars. And so, you know, I just, I wish people gave a crap less about money. And Jack, I'm not paying, people are going to say right now, as I just said that, well, it's easy for you. Well, well, it wasn't at one time. I remember splitting toilet paper because my family didn't have it. And you know what? My mom and dad will tell you those were the most happy times because we were a young family and everything was in front of us. And even if you're older and it's not in front of you, it's about doing what you love. I'm making more money than I ever have in my life today but I'm not as happy as I've ever been. I was definitely happier in 2006 when I was building Wine Library TV because I was sitting on something that I knew nobody else knew. Now, I'm very happy, Jack. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. But I am not at my all-time happiness. I'm not. I'm really not. And uh, and because I'm doing client work, so that means I'm not 100% in control. Right? What I'm good at and why I'm doing it is I know how to build infrastructure. We have 28 employees already, and I know how to scale it so it doesn't rely on me long-term. And that's why I'm going to, you know, do that. But I, I just, I just feel like I wish people understood, you know, once you get some form of money or, you know, you'll never, 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 you know, you'll just know, you'll never look back and say, wow, I'm so much happier now because I have money. Money isn't the happy train. Um, there's a lot of stats that tell you $70,000 a year is the happy line. I, I think it's about executing on what you love to do. And if you love to do it, then you will execute the thank you economy because what I talk about is giving a shit, answering emails at four o'clock in the morning, you know, really not worrying about your margins because you realize you're running a race. It's about running a marathon instead of a sprint, Jack. I firmly believe that 99% of your fans that are listening to this right now are running sprints. They want stuff fast. They want it quick. They want lots of it. I don't want any of that stuff. I just want to I want to run a long marathon. I'll cash in at the end. Are, would you also say that they're worried way too damn much about the guy running next to them and how, how he's doing in his race? That, you know, just because somebody else succeeds at something doesn't mean that you fail or, I mean, I've had people come, you talk about people pitching ideas. I'm sure you have more than me, but I, I get one or two guys pitching me a site. They want me to invest in. They want me to back. They want me to get involved in. They want me to support every day. And I also get, well, I had this idea and so and so stole it or somebody else is doing it already and I would have to do it better than them. And, and my advice is, Quit paying attention to the competition. You're not even in the game, so they're not even competition yet. Get in the goddamn game and do the job and make it work. 
and then maybe you'll have something you know to worry about competing with somebody else against, but build it first. I wasn't even when you said like what about the competition? I was kind of laughing. I didn't even know how to answer it. I literally don't spend any of my time on it. I like literally don't know anything that anybody else does. I don't know anything. I don't know a damn thing, Jack. I spend all my time on my community and my end user and none of it on my competition. If my competition is better than me and they out-execute me, they'll beat me. And if I'm better, I'll beat them. And that's the bottom line, you know? And, and that's really all I know and think, I mean, when I heard you say somebody, I kind of said in my head, I said, loser. Exactly. And I kind of said that exactly. I, I try not to be that harsh, but that's how I feel too. Like, no one stole your idea. An idea is not a business. You take an idea and you do something with it, and then it becomes execute, a business. Ex- execution is the game. Execution is the game. A di- an idea, I said it and crush it, right? An idea is worthless. Passion is, you know, I, something to that degree. I mean, Ideas are dick, Jack. I can I can tell you every idea that's going to happen. I can tell you right now that, that you're going to control your television with an iPad-looking device and TV is going to be disrupted. I can tell you that your refrigerator is going to reorder your your bottled water because it knows it's in there and it's scanning RFID and, and UPCs. I can tell you what's going to happen over the next 10 years, Jack. I can tell you that. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that Groupon, will, if they don't win the mobile version, is going to lose, and somebody's going to go in there and win the mobile game on push notification. I can tell you that virtual currency is going to dominate, and we're going to spend billions of dollars a year as a country on things that don't exist, that are just virtual. I can tell you in 10 years, augmented reality will change the way retail is functioning. I can tell you everything. Ideas are dick. Execution's the game. Man, I completely agree with that. I, I wanted to hear you say it, too. Um, I, I've got a listener that asked this question, and we've kind of talked about it, but I'd like you to kind of hit on it again, because there's a lot of people out there that, that have like figured out what their passion is, but they don't, and you talk about DNA, but the DNA is, let's say the guy's an artist. So how does that guy take that passion and turn it into a business? Well, I mean, maybe he, maybe he or she doesn't. You know, I think, um, I think one thing to keep uh, in mind is that you want to be happy, and I mean this. I think most artists should not start businesses. I really believe that. Unless you're unless you're a business artist. I got very lucky. I'm kind of a business artist. My art is business, you know? Um I don't like when, you know, musicians and painters and you know, graphic designers, man, you have to have a very separate DNA to be successful in business. I think you I think that person needs to find a business partner. And I think that a lot of people struggle. They're like, "Oh man, I got to be in business." Because that, they don't like that. You know, Jack, you know what gets you and I off? Like when we make the deal, when we close, when we come up with a concept that works, you know, well, they feel the same way when they execute that paint or that they hit that note or they told that story or wrote that poem. They hate trying to close the deal or market their product the same way I hate the corporate minutia of reporting and numbers because I know they're not right. So I think it's imperative that guys like us and other people out there that love business don't. Um, don't push people in that direction. Sure. Do I view entrepreneurs getting the lucky DNA? Of course, because we get to put our food on our table at our kind of control. And that's a big deal. But I know a lot of people make $30,000 a year that are artists that are happier than my friends that make 18 million a year that are business people. I think happiness needs to be put into context. You don't have to do it, but if you want to do it, think about bringing in somebody who can do the execution on the business. Completely agree with that. That's great advice. The other thing that, and I'm, I'm interested in your take on this, because I've heard you make this same statement, the resume is dead. Back in about 2005, I was consulting with a firm that was doing uh, technical recruiting. And we came up with this report, and it was the Grim Reaper holding the scroll, like the name of list, but it actually said resume on it. And he had the, the scythe, like he was going to chop it in half, and it was called the death of the resume. And we used it as a way to find job candidates. And, exp- and we're a little bit different than you were. I wasn't quite on the edge of the social media like you are at that time anyway. And what we meant was with automated recruiting technologies and things like that. But then I've seen Facebook and Twitter come in and... I believe that even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you don't want to own your own business. And I've heard you say this too. You need to be involved with these platforms and build up a personal brand because it's what's going to make you marketable. One thousand percent. And you know, I can I can expand on that, but there's nothing to say. The fact of the matter is, you are who you live on the internet as today. Period. End of story. It's almost like everybody needs a publicist. You know, it's like it, it, we're you know we're getting to that place. I mean. 
It's um, it's a very interesting world we live in. Every action, every move, everything you do out there, I hope you recognize is creating your legacy. And that's why I don't want people to do spammy shit because it's going to look bad on them long term. You, you know, on that, I I've kind of taken the opposite path that you did. You you were you were a small time entrepreneur and went into the corporate world. I was in the corporate world and went to being a small time entrepreneur because, in, in your own words, I got one percent unhappy with what I was doing. And, and today, mm-hmm. I mean, I look back to those, those, those time periods, 2004, 2005, as the internet was going through puberty, I think is the way you put it. I, I think of all these companies that I went to and I said, you know, you need to be involved with these social media platforms. And today I look at them trying to do it and doing it miserably. Unless they're doing it your way, they're failing, they're falling on their faces, and they're putting lots of money into it and failing because they're going at it with a, a, an attitude of, oh, now it's here, now I'll just show up and people will care. And I was saying, get in, get in, get in, and they didn't want to listen, so I walked away from it. You're helping these people now understand. What do you think the biggest mistake large companies make when they go in, and probably small ones too, when they go into a Facebook, they go into a Twitter, they finally go, oh, YouTube is not, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many people I'd say, put your video content on YouTube. Oh, it's it's uh, immature is what they said. It's not professional. You know, this was four or five years ago. And now they're trying yeah. to skin that cat. What are they doing wrong when you see them come into that world today? Um, two things, two main things, and this is big and small companies. Um, the small ones um, are uh, are just pushing and pushing. The big ones are just pushing and pushing. They have no intent for the consumer. They treat it like every other medium that's ever been out there. They want to push their message. They status update commercials and pictures and buy me and do this and they don't understand that it's all about the at replies and commenting. It's all about catching, not throwing. Everybody wants to be Joe Montana, but what you really want to be is Jerry Rice. And that's where people are making a huge mistake. If you look at, if you look at my stream, Jack, 85 of the last 100, 85 of the last 95 tweets are at replies responding to people. Um, and then the others are pushing my book. <laughs> you know, so, so, I mean, I, I think it's imperative to give back so you're allowed some equity to push out. And I think too many companies, big and small, come in and think they can push out from the get-go. Gotcha. And, and, I mean, because you, you put it one time, I was listening to you talk, and you said it, people are asking you at these companies as you're trying to explain this stuff, um, well, what's the ROI on social media? And your response is, what's the ROI on giving a shit about your customers? Yeah, or, or what I love to say now is, what's the ROI of your mom? Oh, you know, like your mom is the most, you know, conceivably, and I know everybody has different, you know, scenarios, but my mother is the most important person in my life. My mom and dad, of course, um, you know, what's the ROI of your parents? They, they, everything, right? It's like you can't, you don't have to put an ROI on everything. This is a human element. This is not a tactic conversion. You know, why are we not debating lifetime value? Why does everybody want to be hunters and not farmers? You know, these are all mistakes that companies big and small are making. Why are you not coddling the relationships you've already earned? Why are you always searching for the next one? I mean, there's just a lot of mistakes in the way people are approaching. And a day age where every customer has a voice because of Facebook, Twitter, and others, people are making big mistakes. Would you say it's almost like small town America is back in a big way? Back in 1900, if you went down to Joe's store and you went to buy some stuff yeah. and he ripped you off, yeah. you told one guy yeah. in town, the whole town, yeah. knowing, this guy's done yeah. and he's rode out of town on a rail. Well, then corporatism came and everything got really big and you could hide behind a shield. And now this thing is just tearing that shield apart. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but it's the big opening line thesis of Thank You Economy, that we're back to small town rules. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We are back to the 1930s where everybody knows your business. And you can tell everybody that matters to a business what you think. And those dynamics are going to bring back customer service and giving a crap in a way we've never seen before. You know, the other thing I always had the objections back, you know, five years ago when I was trying to push this stuff on from little companies to big companies, they had the same objections. And it was, well, you know, that opens us up to a lot of negative attacks and people can say this and people can say that. And my response was, they're going to do it anyway. You can either get in the game and control it, mitigate it, prove that you care, respond to them in the same method that they're using to communicate or you can let them run run rampant on you and they'll tear you apart and you won't even know why your numbers are dropping you won't know why you're getting less business you won't know why you're losing because you're not even in that space and you don't know they're going to talk about you whether you're there to communicate with them or not um it's kind of like being an ostrich right you can put your head in the (laughs) sand um i'd rather be the lion than the ostrich 
Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, so uh, you're big on Facebook. I am too. I put out a post a little bit ago saying, hey, Gary's going to be on in, in just a few minutes. If you have any questions, now would be the time. Let's Can we do like a rapid fire, like a Jeopardy thing, and we'll pull them right off the, uh, the Facebook page here from the listeners directly? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Old Grouch's military surplus says, uh, where do you see social media moving from here? Do you see any new platforms coming up soon? I think Tumblr, Quora. Um, the group texting, whoever wins that, whether it's Group Me, Beluga just got bought by Facebook, um, Group Me, Fast Society, uh, company I'm trying, thinking about investing in Yobongo. Um, I think the group texting stuff is huge. I think, um, I think that, uh, Tumblr is the unequivalent winner of 2011. They're exploding. I think they're going to be huge. Okay, next one comes from Al. Al says, uh, and I'll tell you who said this after you tell me how you feel about it. How do you feel about being referred to as a puppy on crack? <laughs> um, you know, I really don't. Uh, Jack, you know what's funny? Um, I'm probably the person that cares the least of what anybody in the world thinks and probably the person that cares the most. So when you said that, yeah. I could care less. I'm going to do mine. Right? Yeah, uh, let me I, tell you who said it now. I said it. It was meant as a compliment. Yeah, real quick, I was going to say, on the flip side, you never know the context. Well, thank you, Jack. And second of all, even if it was coming from a negative place, I know that I'll meet that person eventually, and they'll really know who I am. I, listen, one of the prices of putting yourself out there is, you know, especially when you're a hyper cat like me, those kind of things are going to happen. But I respect them. I respect people's opinions, and I just work really hard to change them into who I really am. Awesome. Let me tell you what I meant by that. You got a puppy, man. He's happy, and it doesn't matter what, and he's excited. It doesn't matter what, but he sleeps for half of the day. You're like a puppy all day long, at least the part we see of you. I'm sure that there's times when you have your downtime and all, but your public persona is just on all the time. So that's what I meant by that. Um, no, no, no. Listen, I, I, I'm pretty darn on <laughs> all the time, even off the air. And, uh, okay, next one. Chris says, what is the best way to create a board slash group of advisors or finding members when one is starting up their business? Asking. Awesome. I mean, literally going to Twitter, Googling their name and Twitter, because Twitter is a great place for communication, and just at replying them, would you join my board? Can I send you an email with what I'm doing? Very cool. And, and you know, you're going to break through on some, and some you won't. And it's just tenacity. Tenacity is the game. But there's more people out there to take a shot at than ever before because you can find them now. Yes, but they're also getting pitched more than That's ever. True. So it comes back to quality, you know? All right. I know wines, but I don't know this one. This sounds to me like maybe a gutter wine, so maybe it's a joke. Mark asks, uh, when is he going to review Morgan David 2020? <laughs> the, the Mad Dog 2020? That must be what he means. Um, yeah. Um you know, I think there's a time and a place for that, so I'm going to have to step up and do you it. You know, I had, a, Absolutely. I had a guy one time that said he was a connoisseur of something I won't bring up here. Uh, but he said, you know wine, so you know what I'm talking about. I said, well, wine connoisseurs aren't big on uh, Mad Dog. And he, and he said, uh, he said, but they've tasted it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's really cool. I, I love tasting inexpensive wines and growing up with that stuff. And so I think that, you know, for sure, I mean, we, we taste everything. Two Buck Chuck, Mad Dog, you know, I've had it, I've had it all. All right, here's the next one. It comes from uh, Nick. Uh, give us a rundown on how to actually use Twitter to an effect. Should you be putting different shit out there or just a mirror of your fan page? Right now I have them linked. So I think what he's actually saying is pretty much yeah, just Facebook pretty, and Twitter. I you know, got Facebook it. and Twitter are um, the same or different? I mean, I do I do a lot of the same, but I do different. I think it's a mix, you know. Um I think that a mix is, is the key. I think there's times when you want something big to be said in both places. Um, and so, uh, you know, um, I, I think that a mix is the right play, but I also think it's way more about answering and communicating than it is about talking. Too many people are fascinated by talking. That is a huge mistake. So open your ears online, I guess. Jack, Jack, what social media and the internet is, is it's the first great listening tool. Awesome. Newspapers and television and all these other things, they've been great talking tools. But it's time to understand what the internet does, and it's countercultural. It's about the listening, not the talking. Do you the listening? The listening buys you the equity to be able to talk. And, and this is what drives me crazy. For years dealing with conventional marketing, trying to track everything, trying to understand what the customer was doing, trying to measure the customer's response. And every marketing initiative you do, there's all that minutia of tracking that you and I both hate. 
Now we have the internet where the customer freaking tells you straight up, this is how I feel, this is what I want, give me this, and people stand there and look at it and go, oh, this is a pain in the ass. It's like everything you've ever asked for is here. It's it's the greatest thing that ever happened to marketers. They just didn't want the reality. That might be what it is because you, you put all this package together and you feel like you did a great job, and as long as it has an ROI, well, you did a great job. But 20 people saying, hey, man, that's not really what I want, that kind of hits people. Like, you talked about the negative responses. I get plenty of them. I'm sure you do. And I don't really care because I figure if 20,000 people like what I'm doing and 500 hate it, I'm really there to serve the 20,000. Or you're there to serve the quarter million, I guess, now that, that are following what you're doing and like what you're doing. Yeah, but at the same token, I'm paying close attention to the 500 or a million that are mad <laughs> because I think it's imperative to be very confident while being massively um, not insecure, but very, very much paying attention to your weaknesses or your perceived weaknesses. There's a lot of things people say that I don't agree with, but um, on the flip side, I, uh, I, I respect people's thought. I think you're right. I also think, though, that like it can go too far as well if you listen to everybody. Because there's people who come out and say, well, Gary would go further if he was more polished and didn't cuss all the time. And right. that would, I, that would I, deny I, your DNA. But you know what, Jack? I'll tell you this. There's, you know, I'm doing a lot of public speaking and CAA is doing it and a lot of corporations will not hire me. They want me bad and then they do the homework and they're like, whoa, he curses a little too much for us. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a half a million dollars of speaking gigs on the table easily this year because of the potty mouth. On the flip side, there's certain people that want that. And so, you know, you, you adjust. Plus you get older. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be the same guy all the time. Uh, you know, not that I want to walk away from cursing and it's not definitely the dollars aren't going to make the reason because speaking isn't scalable. But, you know, you always want to evolve. And I, I just think it's imperative to grow while being yourself. And that's the key, Jack, to grow while being yourself. Nobody's ever going to make me who I am, but I will listen and always take feedback. And if I feel like I need to adjust a quarter of an inch here or a mile there, I will because we're always evolving. Awesome. Another one from uh, Facebook here. Top five mistakes you see people make when they're trying to establish a new site. Um, number one is they don't believe in what they're actually making. I think way too many people just make shit. Uh, number two, they have no idea how to market. There's more content being produced in 48 hours now than there was from the beginning of mankind till 2003. So you got to be able to break through. That's very hard. Um, number three, they're in it strictly for dollars and cents, or they made the concept up because they added two things together. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we were Foursquare plus Groupon meets, you know, Facebook? I mean, all that dumb stuff. Number four, they really have no purpose other than making the money and could care less about the end consumer. Number five, they build companies for VCs, not end users. So. Awesome. You know. Those are definitely things that pop to mind. Awesome. It's almost like you had an answer for that one prepared. Um, this, is what, this is what I live, yeah, man. You know, yeah. this is what I live. Hey, I also want to get, it kind of makes me think of like all of these companies that have come out, been successful and have people like try to clone what they're doing with a little bit of a twist. But then the, the, some of these main companies themselves that were successful have gone down. Five years ago, it was the holy grail to get your story dug on dig. And everybody wanted to be like dig and create a new dig and a better dig. And Dig's still a big site, but it's nothing like what it was at its height. Are there other platforms out there that maybe you see, like, they've kind of rode their, their their thing, and now they're, you know, down the other side. That My Blog Log thing, which was just a widget, they sold that to Yahoo for $8 million a few years ago, and then Yahoo just shut it down. Do you see any stuff that you think is going to go the way of the dodo? Um, I don't really think about that, to be honest with you, Jack. I, I'm, I'm a half-glass-full guy. I'm, there's a million of those things going on, right? I, you know, I think there's a ton. I mean, they happen every day. I mean, Flickr is not as big as it used to be. Upcoming is not what it used to be, right? I mean, a lot of the Yahoo stuff, obviously. Um, uh, delicious, right? Oh, that, you yeah. Know, the first page. Of I mean, there's a million things like that. That's not what I focus on, though, Jack. Honestly, I think that's similar to focusing on your competition, Got you. right? I, I think it's a similar DNA strand. I only focus on what's – I'd much rather spend all my time on what's coming up and what's going down. Now, I did hear you say one time when somebody, I can't remember what interview it was, but the guy was talking, he said, let me give you a word, and you tell me what the first thing is you think of. And he gave you the word Google, and the answer you gave was small. I think there's a lot in that. What did you mean by that? Um, you know, I, I, I remember that moment um, very vividly. 
Um, I am going to tell you exactly what I meant by that. At that time, I felt that Google was going to lose the social arms race, and I felt that social was going to be the most important thing in the world. And honestly, I think I'm starting, not that I'm right, but it's your, I would tell you this, Jack. I promise you that years ago when you saw that, that there were far less people that were questioning Google's future compared to today. And I think that um, it was a little foresight. But I think Google's always a competitor, always a player, always in the game. But I felt they were misplaying social, and I think it's going to be proven because I think if you look at what they're doing now with search, where social context is taking over because link farms are hurting them, I uh, I think um, I think I was onto something with that. I think you were What too. Do you think? I do too. I mean, I kind of look at it this way: if you if you would have said the same thing about Microsoft in you know 1990, people would have thought you were insane. Are they still around? Are they still sure. making lots of money? Yeah, but you know. I would have said that. I would have said that about Microsoft in 1996, seven, when I saw that they weren't moving fast enough to do smart things on the web. And 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 I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you the people that are not doing things in mobile are going to be the other people that I'm going to start questioning. You know, Facebook buying Beluga today makes me realize they're smart because if they don't start doing something on mobile that really means something sooner than later, and they have a great app and Joe Hewitt's amazing, but mobile's the next platform, and that's how I view. I view if you don't understand where things are going, you're going to be left behind. I, I want to get your thought on this thing. This is something I did a little kind of a, a business advice podcast. It was really just for the segment of this audience that wanted stuff like that because I didn't want to turn this show into, you know, every week doing two two episodes on business. And one of the things that I came to a realization as I was is advising people kind of how to get off the ground with everything is that you've got to have rich media in what you're doing, be it video or audio. And a lot of the video that's out there today, people aren't even watching the video. They're working. They're listening to it. And I, I think that, let's say, back in 1980, the most portable means of content known to man was text. Because even if it was, if I had an early computer, I could print it out, I could take it with me, uh, I could be I could be anywhere, I could be in the john, and I could be reading something. And a lot of people did. Today, you know, you would think it's the screen, and to a degree it is. But I have to stop and focus on the screen. Audio is able to reach people when they're driving a car, when they're working in the garden, when they're doing a million different things. And so to me, if you, you've got to have an audio component, if it goes with video, fine. But if you're really going to get anywhere today and you want to get that message out, unlike 1985, when if I wanted to info market, I had to send out 10,000 cassette tapes. I can make that one audio file. I can reach 20,000 people in a day with it. And it doesn't cost me any more than reaching one. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm a big fan of audio. I, I think that, listen, I'm a big fan of everything, Jack. Jack, I don't give a rat's fucking ass about the platform, whether it's audio, video, text. I only give a shit about the message, period, end of story. It is never the platform. It is not the lines of code that make Facebook and Twitter. It is not the paint that makes the paintings. It's not the notes of music. It is always the message. It is always the message. It is always the message. That's what I focus on. And when your message is you give a crap about your end user and you're willing to be there for them and you give a crap about their experience, how they like your product, what you're doing with them, is it a value to them? You will always, always win. I am just thrilled that I'm living through the beginning stages of the explosion of that ROI. Do, do you have, kind of have sympathy for people like you and I? that were born, let's say, in 1930, and they've kind of run their race already, and they didn't have this world to get their ideas, their thoughts, and their message out in. They had to do it with with paper and typewriters and fax machines. I, I say it all the time. I feel horrible for the marketers that miss this generation. Like, yeah, it's, 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 almost, it's almost saddening, honestly, when you think back about that. What, what do you think – one more question here from Facebook, and we'll kind of wrap up because I know your time is uh, valuable to you. Guy asked me right here, should a new blogger allocate an advertising budget, run PPC and do stuff like that, or just rely on social media getting out of the gate? Both. Both. Okay. Both. There's an absolute place for pay-for-click. I mean, I think Facebook ads are incredibly targeted and can be amazing. Uh, both. Very good. I, I would concur that with that. One of the big platforms I used getting my show off the ground was StumbleUpon. And used it both yeah. as a as a, as a yeah. social thing and paying for the exposure as well. Yeah, I love social stumble ads. Uh, Garrett Camp is a dear friend of mine, the uh, founder. I'm a big fan of StumbleUpon. Very very cool. So again, your new book, the Thank You Economy, 
Um, is it available now? I mean, I'm waiting on mine to show up from uh, from the mass book order I did for you, but is it available in stores now? It's available in stores March 8th, um, and uh, I'm going to be on the Pierce Morgan show on March 11th promoting. So that's a cool way to hang out. But more importantly, listen, I appreciate you setting it up, Jack. I'll be very honest with you. I really don't care if anybody listening to this buys my book. You know, it's a, it's a $15 investment. You don't necessarily have to make that investment. I put out an enormous amount of content on my blog. And more importantly, I'm not worried about what I'm saying. I'm more interested in answering and, and hearing what you have to say. So I'd much rather, and I'm, I'm thrilled for people to go to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles and buy it, but I'd much rather everybody listening to this come to facebook.com slash Gary and say hello. That would mean much more. I'd love to say, hey, start creating a context of a relationship. That to me is far more interesting long term than, and listen, you know me. I want to be number one. Of course I want my book to sell like a freaking, you know, I want my book to sell like it's oxygen. But the fact of the matter is, I'd much rather take this wonderful community you have and, and get to know them. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know they were really excited to have you come here. In fact, on the, on the heels of your book, I guess you remember when you finally said you'd come on the show, I sent them to your Facebook page, and I tried to kill your Facebook page with thank yous. You did a nice job. I do remember that, and that was really cool. You know, and, and that's not, but that's not me. You know that who that is. That's the audience of this of this show. That's the group of people who understand and see things the, the way that you're talking about. So uh, I'd personally like to thank Jack. I, I, would, I would say this because I do have to run. Yeah. I would say this. I love my talking. I'm passionate. I'm sure people enjoyed this. My book is badass. But here's the important thing: it's about building real business. Talk is cheap. Every minute I'm not doing this or you know, I'm working or interacting with my community. So I really hope that if they take anything away from what I'm doing, it's about the hard work. If you're playing Nintendo Wii and if you're drinking with your buddies at the bar, I promise you at that exact moment, I'm taking your business. And I don't know what you do, but I'm taking it. And I think people need to think about that. Awesome. Great words of wisdom. And we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, I want to tell you personally, the first time I saw you, you were uh, at the Web 2.0 Expo. On, I saw that on YouTube. A friend of mine sent it to me and said, this guy talks like you. you got to see this guy. And I was working for a company I owned. And I almost got up and I almost walked out of my own office and quit my own company that second. But I knew I had another couple of years to work on this to make it what it is today. So I'd like to personally thank you, not just for being here today on my show, but being an inspiration for me personally and, and helping me with that inspiration get to where I have. Uh, you've really been kind of one of the people I've looked up to over the last couple of years. I appreciate that, man. I get that, for, especially from that speech quite a bit. It must have been that moment in time. Um, I really, uh, I really appreciate, uh, those super kind words and it makes me feel so nice to know that, you know, the, the gift that my parents gave me DNA wise is, is impacting people in that way. And the best part for me is, Jack, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I've got a big personality, which some people think is full of shit at first. It makes me happy because I know people can execute and hearing people win on the principles that I believe in so much makes me feel awesome. And it's, it's, um, it's awesome. Thanks, man. Well, Gary, um, I'm going to do the same thing I do every time I have a guest on. We're ready to wrap up now. Do you have any last things you'd like to say before I uh, close things down? No, I think I said what I had to say, which is, of course. It's the greatest business book ever written. I'd love for you to get it, but and I hope you guys can tell I have a big smile on my face. I'd love for everybody to stop by and say, hey, ask any questions if they do read the book or any recent videos I've made. And uh, most of all, Jack, I, I appreciate your support of the book, the support of me, the kind words, and wish everybody listening to this only one thing because it's the only thing that matters, which is health. Awesome, awesome, Gary. Well, thank you for that. Um, folks, I want you to know I do have 70 copies of Gary's book coming. I will be giving them out to the audience. There'll be a way to do that, but don't wait. Go ahead and buy a copy of this book. Support Gary for coming on the show. It was uh, really a big deal to have him. No, 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 no way, no way. If they can get it for free, awesome. Uh, you know, there's, there's 20,000 of them, and there's only 70 books, so the rest of you guys got to go out and buy a copy of Gary's book. And uh, if you do buy one and then you do happen to win a copy, share it. Give it away. That's a great way to spread an author's message. And uh, I know Gary put a lot of work into the book. And with that, uh, this has been Jack Spirigo today along with Gary Vaynerchuk, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there.
there's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess And we follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way Yeah.